seems so complicated sometimes. Hi, this is Greg, one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Our current series is called Uncomplicated. It's about seeing relationships clearly. We are made for relationships. In this series, we will find truths that will help fuel healthy, uncomplicated relationships. We hope you enjoy. Worship song there. Uh, thank you to Mandy and, and Rick for that. Uh, so I think that's a classic line for this entire sermon series on relationships. I surrender what? I surrender all. And it goes exactly with today's message. So if you haven't been on this journey with us, we started a series on relationships. I laughed because uh, everyone loves it, right? Um, two weeks ago uh, called Uncomplicated. And the truth is so many of us would like to take the U and the N out and say, no, that's the truth, right? Because relationships can be complicated, amen? But we really want to see clearly relationships, how God... <laughs> Some people really laughing at this. All right, how God really wants us to do this thing called relationship, and we've we've walked in a long journey here, which seems like a long journey on this. And my hope again is that you will grab a hold of what God's truth has to say about this. Amen. There's a children's book that uh, came out that has this title that intrigued me. It says, "The Day No One Played Together." It's a story of two little girls in elementary school. One's Jaden and one is Genesis. And guess what? On this play date, each of them had a different idea how this play date was going to go. I'm assuming maybe one wanted to play with dolls and do restaurant, while the other wanted to cut and paste and draw and paint. And both girls stood their ground. They weren't going to budge for the other one. And so you know what ended up happening, right? Both of them ended up by themselves that day, and they didn't get to play with one another because they stood their ground. Let me ask you a question. Is it any different for us today? Or is this only true of little elementary school girls? I would suggest to say that we all get this, right? The day nobody played together. Why? Because at the core We're just selfish human beings. And this tragically affects how we do relationship. Let's pray. God, um, (laughs) it's good to be in your house. And I thank you for each person that's here. Thank you for those, uh, the worship team and their giftedness with with their instruments and, and their voices. God, thank you for that. And we pray that you were blessed uh, by us turning to you in song. At this time, we turn to you with your word, and we ask for your help to meet us where we're at and to take us to where you want us to go, especially in regards to this topic of relationship. You know my heart, you know our hearts, and the things that maybe we even walked into this room with today that are consuming our thoughts. God, help us to surrender our thoughts to you. God, I love you, we love you. And look forward to seeing what you're going to do. In the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. So two weeks ago, I laid the foundation for this relationship series by saying, it's not about what I think or you think. It's about what God thinks, amen. And I talked about this whole idea that, yeah, some of us wish that we didn't have to talk to another person. (laughs) Maybe this very moment. (laughs) 
and, and, and you just want to go run and hide and, and, and just stick a, you know, a blanket over your head or just go off into the desert where no one's at. But the truth is, um, you could do those for moments, and, and that could be healthy. But the truth is, we are, and I said this in that first sermon, we're built for relationship. As a matter of fact, God says in Genesis chapter 2 that it's not good for man to be alone. And when we talk about relationship in this series, we're not talking about just the romantic relationships, um, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, that kind of stuff. We're talking about all relationships. This series refers to all relationships. And we want to take the you and the in out of uncomplicated, or we want to add the you and the in. <laughs> we, wanna, we want to add the you and the in to this word complicated and make them uncomplicated. And so with that, I, I do want to say this. I, I don't think we rarely ever do this, but I want to take this, this opportunity to let you know that you can hear whoever preaches on Sundays, you can hear this if you miss it or if you want to hear it again. And there's different ways that you could do that. Uh, we have an app. How many of you know that we have an app? It was updated uh, begin, uh, in, towards the end of last year. It's got a lot of good things on it that you're not going to get on the website. But one of the things is you can hear the message uh, again if you need to or send it to somebody. Or if you're away, you can hear the message on the app. You could also, uh, on Facebook, by usually around uh, noon on Monday, you could actually watch the service. Now, this face isn't made for TV. This is a radio face, so you might want to just do the listening thing. But if you want to see the video, um, it's, it's on Facebook, and, and that's always there uh, on Facebook, and you can see that and, and watch that. And then we obviously have the website. And the reason I share that is what we're learning more and more is we've got people listening to this service across the nation. And so I want to give a shout out to those of you that are listening to this that aren't here, and uh, just say that you're a part of this family, and thank you for listening in. And I want to say this, for us, um, it's just always good to be reminded of some of the things that God has taught us that maybe we forgot halfway through the week and need that simple reminder. So with that, the first truth is that we're made for relationship. And then what I did is with that foundation is last week, I started sharing my thoughts, okay? And, and, and again, this is my thoughts. I believe they're biblical concepts, but what would you do? Like if I asked you to share your three keys to a healthy relationship, what would your three keys be? And you could be thinking through that. We've talked about it in our life group last week. Uh, We've talked about it in staff, but even in your own, around lunch today or something, it's like, man, if you were commissioned to speak on relationships, what would your three keys be? So that's what you get to spend time with. Last week, I shared the first key. And the first key I think I said was to healthy relationships is Christ. Can you say that with me? Christ. Uh, It takes three. In my opinion, if we're going to do relationships right, we've got to include Christ in this. And we talked about, you know, we can't affect or we, we can't change everybody else even though we like to sometimes. We can only change us. And in a relationship, we can only bring the best us. And the way to bring the best you is to say yes to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus in you could help you do relationships better than you left alone. Does anyone agree with that? And so we talked about having a relationship with Christ, and I hope that you have a relationship with Christ. And if you don't know what that means, please come talk to me. Go to the Welcome Center, write on your uh, attendance card something that says, man, I want to know what that means to have a personal relationship with Christ. And we, we dug into that. And we said, when you have a relationship with Christ, then you have the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And, and, and as Christ followers, you've got the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. You have that same power in your life. And think about this. If you would bring that power into your relationships, would they be different? And, and, and here's the reality, church. I don't know if you know this, but when I preach, I'm preaching to myself. When I'm, when I'm writing the sermons, I'm writing the sermons, and the first person the audience is, is me. Like, I'm growing. I, I don't have all this figured out. I need help with relationship. And so literally, Monday morning, I, I was faced with stuff that caused me automatically to go, the flesh would want to say some, this thing, but I just got done saying less than 24 hours ago, you need to introduce the Holy Spirit into relationship. And so I would stop and pause and go, all right, God, I know what I would do. I know what I would say, but what would you say? Can anyone relate? And I've been self-checking myself all week long. Doesn't mean I've been doing it right all week long, but it's been real fun for me to go, oh my gosh, I've forgotten how much better relationship is when I allow God to be present. So I share that as an encouragement to you. So that's the first key. So today we're going to talk about the second key. Are you ready? And I'm sorry, this is cheesy and it just happened to be this way. All three of them are going to start with the letter C. Ah, I know. But here it is. Compromise. How many of you are so excited about that word? (laughs) Nobody raised their hand because this stinks. I don't like this word. But it's right. It's right, and maybe you're not going to be convinced of this, but I pray through the Holy Spirit that if I'm right, he'll convict you, and if I'm wrong, you'll just walk out of here and have a nice lunch afterwards. But I'm right. I'm right. No. But again, compromise. And you're like, what, what, what do you mean, Pastor? You're, you're, you're whacked. Well, isn't that book that I start off with, that I started off with, that children's book, all about compromise? Like, here's these two little kids. No. No. Okay, maybe they didn't do that. But isn't that what they did? Like, if they could have just compromised, they could have had relationship. But they chose to stand their ground, and because of that, there was conflict in the relationship. How many of us is that true for today as we sit here? Now, please hear me. Some of you are like, yes, pastor just said compromise. And the truth is, in most churches, you're going to hear messages, just generic messages on, don't compromise. You're a Christ follower. Don't compromise. Stand your ground. Please hear me. We're not compromising God's word, okay? We're not compromising biblical truth. We're not compromising conviction that comes from God's word. We're, We're compromising, and you're going to see how that plays out, standing our ground and having to win. Standing our ground and having to win. All right, open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter two. If you need a Bible, these fine gentlemen are gonna make their way down. We believe this is God's word, amen, church? And we're gonna go take a look at what God has to say about this topic of compromise. Matter of fact, I don't think the word compromise is in the Bible, (laughs) but it's all over it. There's examples of it all over, and I wanna speak to, to one of those examples in Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two, there's a lot to this book. There's a lot of amazing things in this book. I'm not even gonna give into the historical background. I'm not gonna get into all this stuff because we're just talking about relationship here. What I will say though is Paul is speaking to the church and, and, and I'm, I, I don't claim to be one of the brightest people, but the church has what in it? It has people. 
And, and, and Paul's going to be speaking to people on the, the topic of people. He's going to be talking to people about people, and that's called relationship. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I know is in Philippians chapter 4, I believe it's verse 2, you're going to see a conflict between two women. Now, trust me, I'm not picking on the women, but that's just what's here. There's this conflict, and so he has to deal with it. But I promise you, there was conflict between men. There was conflict between men and women. I promise you, there was conflict between leadership and those that are following. There was conflict in marriage. It was all over it, and it's all over our relationships today. So here we go. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with who? Ah, good. If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make what? Then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Having the same love. Did you see that? Having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. I love and hate this passage. Are you with me, church? I love and hate this passage. But this is the beginning of compromise. And, I, and I'm going to get back to it, but I want to give you the definition found in Webster's Dictionary. Webster's Dictionary, uh, one of the definitions, it says, coming to agreement by mutual concession. Coming to agreement by mutual concession. Can you just hear the words kumbaya being sung in the background? Like, this is what this person thinks, and this is what this person thinks, and the violins start playing, and they all start floating to one another. They hug each other, and everything is beautiful. Don't you just want to throw up? Because that's not how life is, is it? It's not how it works in my house. It's not how it works in the staff meetings here at church. It's not how it works with the guy at In-N-Out Burger. It sounds beautiful, Mr. Webster. Coming in agreement by mutual concession. Now, church, does that happen sometimes? Absolutely. In the Kirby's house. Because they just are just floating around in the Holy Spirit all the time. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us, I would argue that, okay, that could be a definition. But sometimes what I've learned, and especially in the context of what I'm talking about here today to help you understand compromise, is sometimes this is this person's will and this is this person's will. And sometimes compromise is beautiful and it's mutual and you come to agreement here. And sometimes this person has to come all the way over here. And sometimes this person has to come all the way over here. And a hush went over the crowd. (laughs) Right? And then, now, because you're in the church... And many of you are Christ followers, and those of you that aren't, praise God you're here. Maybe you gave concession. Someone yanked you by the ear and said, ah, you're coming to church, and you didn't want to be here. I'm glad you're here. But as Christ followers, sometimes it means that we have to go here more than we want. 
And we'll speak about that. We'll speak about that. So in this passage, which reading your Bible upside down is really hard. I'm going to compromise and do it this way. But you got this passage that says, therefore, if any of you have any encouragement, being united with Christ. I think that's the key. And ironically, this is what we talked about last week, isn't it? Christ is key to healthy relationships, not perfect relationships, but healthy relationships. And so Paul is starting right there and he's saying, being united with Christ. I can't ask you to do the rest of this if you're not connected with Christ. If any comfort from his love. So again, there's that selfish stuff. You have this personal relationship with Jesus. You have experienced comfort from his love. Any common sharing in the spirit, there's a Holy Spirit. If any tenderness and compassion, there it is. So what this pastor is really saying is, I can't ask you to compromise if you don't have Christ in your life because it doesn't make sense. I can't call you to be and act like something that you haven't made a commitment to. What's a different way of saying that? Why do we hold non-Christians to Christian standards? Why do we hold non-Christians to Christian standards? Now, we'd love for them to walk and talk and act that way, but what we are in control of in any relationship is us. How are you doing with Christ? How are you united with him? How are you relating to him? Now let me ask you this question. Friends, is compromising hard? Yes or no? Good. We have that in agreement. Now you can I just, I, I, you know what? You know how police uh, have that cam right here? I need a pastor cam. I just thought of that, sorry. It's a brain fart. Pastor Cam, so you can see your faces when I say certain things. And when I'm talking about compromise, I, I'm not gonna point out anyone, but I saw some of this. <laughs> I love it. You know who you are. <clears throat> Anyways, so how do we get there? How do we get to compromise, right? Is it, oh, pastor talked about it, and all of a sudden I'm just gonna be this wonderful person that's gonna compromise? Well, let's look into the scripture because I think it has two ingredients. Two ingredients that if put together, it'll help us to get to this place of compromise. Are you ready? Are you set? Go. All right. So it says right here in verse two, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mine. Then it goes on to say this, do nothing out of what? Selfish ambition, in verse three, or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. I love this. And all of this is coming after the little section that I didn't read in, in verse one that says, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion... And I'm latching on to the word compassion. I want you to re- write that down as the first ingredient towards compromise. It's compassion. Why do you say that, Pastor? Why does Paul say that? Why does he say thinking about others? Because that's the reality. If I am not thinking about others, why in the world would I compromise? Come on now, right? If I don't give a rip about you, why in the world would I go from here to here for you? I want to win. And I don't think it's just competitive people, by the way, that want to win. I think all of us want to win in relationship because we want our way. Why do I know that? Because scripture says, and don't you sit there and go, no, no, you don't know me, pastor. 
will you stop shining your little angel halo and listen? I know because scripture says you're selfish. And I know you're selfish because I'm selfish. And I know you're selfish because I've hung out with you. And you know I'm selfish because you've hung out with me. So let's just all be in agreement that we're selfish. Human nature, we struggle, scripture tells us, between the flesh and the spirit. We struggle with wanting our way. So what this, why this message is hard, and I got it from first service, I get it. I got it from just writing it. It's hard because it's not human nature. Because most of us have a story. All of us do. And we are the way we are for a reason. And the ugly parts of us are the way they are for a reason. And the reason we're ugly in relationships is because we don't want our hearts hurt anymore. Because from a wee little child all the way through our teen years to wherever you're at in life, you've been hurt many times. And so a message on compassion stinks because now you have to think about the other person, but you're tired of being hurt. And by the way, you're being hurt. You've got your story. You're protecting yourself. You've built your walls in whatever ways you built your walls with. And guess what? When you step into the world of relationship, you're dealing with the same person that has their walls that are a little different and their experiences and their hurts. And then you try and figure out why relationships are hard. I sound like somebody on Scooby-Doo right there. I did, didn't I? Anyways. Does that make sense? And this is why relationships are hard because then we only know our pain and we expect everyone else to know our pain. And this is where compassion comes in. Compassion is just what Philippians said. It's not thinking about just ourselves. As a matter of fact, Paul says you need to think of others and their interest. And if we think of others and their interests, don't you think compassion begins to build in our lives? My mom's been gone, I think, about five years now. My dad passed away about 11 years ago, both at 67. So I can't call them up and go, Mom, what was Robbie Denton like when he was a little kid in this area of compassion? Dad, what was Robbie Denton like? Like, I had my own perceptions, but, you know, from my parents, they could call it out. Like, you're rotten. Or, man, you just loved everybody, and you just always wanted to give everything to everybody. So I don't have that, but what I do, what I w- will say is this. I, I, I think it's fair to say that mom and dad would say this nicely, but they would say Robbie cared about himself. I don't know what you would say about yourself, but I would say I wasn't a bad kid, but in the compassion area, I've probably not drawn to the, the homeless person and give them my sandwich or my bag of Cheetos I was probably more afraid of them but I see kids today they're like oh they're so compassionate they do all these big amazing and I wasn't compassionate so when you hear what I'm going to say please hear it's to the glory of God it's not me but some of you don't know my story I became a Christian at 18 years old And I mean, God worked on this area in my life quick. And early on, uh, as the college leader at this church, we would we'd load up vans and go down to Mexico and work with a moor. I remember the first time going down to the other side of the border, 
And um, I saw things I'd never seen. Um, I would say I lived probably a privileged life. Not probably, I did. I mean, I lived in Camarillo, which was really nice at the time back then. Probably still nice. Los Gatos, I mean, that's... And then Villa Park in Orange County. I mean, I didn't see a whole lot of hard. So when I saw those trash heaps and people pulling food out of that, that just was like, whoa, that's just stuff you see at 3 o'clock in the morning on a commercial. And we would go and we'd start building a phase of a house and we'd work all day and then we'd pack up just as night got through so we'd get across the border. And we, I, I don't even know. I mean, I can't even guess 30, 40, 50 times down there. I mean, we... We, we used to go all the time as a church, and sometimes we'd even get a bus, a 40, 50-seat bus, and just pack it with people from here and go down. But I was impacted going down there and seeing things I'd never seen before. And it impacted my heart. And guess what started to grow in my heart? Compassion. You guys have heard stories. We had a ministry down Skid Row. Um, I mean, I, I've, and you know this, I've held ladies that are just filled with urine and just disgusting down in, in, in Skid Row. Why, why, that's not me. That's God. I've listened to people all over the world and, and done things that I personally would never have done if God had not raised my compassion level. And by the way, Oftentimes we think of compassion with poor. Compassion goes all the way to the other side too and sitting in 10,000, 13,000 square foot houses with people that have everything but nothing. Are you with me? It, it, goes, it goes everywhere. But one of the things that, that's helped me to grow in compassion is I've got to get my mind off of myself and put it on others. You guys have heard the saying, um, you haven't walked in there shoes. For me, that's the best way to say it. I just had to start putting my feet in people's shoes or lack of shoes. And as you do that, all, the, all you're simply doing is getting your mind off of self and putting it on others. And when you get your mind off of self and you put it on others, compassion grows in you. And then if you look at it in a, in a on the flip side, now, if we've got compassion, that's going to lead us towards compromise, isn't it? But if we're stuck in winning and we're stuck in our ways and we're stuck in you got to do it my way, why would we ever compromise? If we don't do what Paul says, do nothing in verse 3 out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others better than yourself. Are you with me, church? So please hear what I just shared as not a praise Rob. I'm still having to grow in compassion, but it's a praise God. God could help you in your compassion level if you would stink and stop just thinking about you. Can I say that any clearer? And please hear me, I say that with love. But most of our relationship struggles are stuck on this because we're stuck on ourselves. And I hope you heard me say, I get it. I get it. But let God do something big in your life that will impact your relationships because you get your eyes off of yourself and onto others. Who's our model? Look at verse five. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset 
as Christ. Is that crazy? Have the same mindset as Christ. And he goes on to, 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 to give this example. Watch this. Ready? Who being in the very nature, God, did not, oh, this is crazy, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. See, this is Jesus. He didn't lord it over. Rather, he made himself what? He made himself what? He made himself nothing by taking the nature of a what, church? Of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he what? He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every what? Every knee shall bow, even you. Even you that thinks you're all that, you're going to be bowing to Jesus Christ. Every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory, and let's read this together, to the glory of God the Father. And all God's people said, did you see that? You see that? You see what happens is when we have compassion and we extend grace and we extend mercy and judgment kind of just falls off the table. Now I need to throw another disclaimer in there because I care. Some of you will take a a message like this and you'll get ruined because you bleed compassion. And then you'll use a message like this and go, well, I remember when Pastor Rob said this. And more importantly, I remember when Paul said this, okay? Yes, and most of us, 99% of us need to hear this. But you also, all of us need to hear it with this, this. You ready? That does not mean you as a Christ follower become a doormat to the world. Did you hear that? And some of us are so full of compassion that we let the world walk all over us and we don't have a voice. And we write it off as the Christian thing to do and we're doing what God wants us to do. And it sounds so spiritual and so wonderful, but in the midst of it, you get really jacked up. Am I gonna tell you what that looks like and how and when? No, that's what you have to need to stay self-aware and you need to let others speak in your life. Amen? But most of us aren't gonna have that problem. Most of us need to work on compassion, <laughs> okay? But I'm saying that compassion with not being abused and walked over. Because if all you're doing is moving to that other person every time, that's a whole nother sermon. I love this saying, well, let, before I get to the saying, let me, let me write down the second, have you write down the second agreement. I already wrote it. <laughs> the, first, the first ingredient is what? Compassion. Let's say that together. Compassion. The second, uh, the second ingredient, it's right in here, it's humility. And I'm suggesting compassion plus humility equals compromise. How do you get to compromise? Compassion Plus humility equals compromise. Because when we start thinking of others first, 
and we become a servant in humility. We see ourselves as God sees us, and that's what's gonna be the protection on when we're being taken advantage of or not, by the way. Because you still, in serving and compromising, need to have self-worth that God has given you, that you're created in the image of God. Otherwise, it could lead to abuse real easy and quick. Compromise is the two ingredients put together, compassion and humility. What's humility for us? It's seeing ourselves as God sees us. It's seeing ourselves as God sees us. And we talked about that the first week. The most important relationship that you and I have in seeing relationships clearly is the relationship we have with ourselves. You see, if we don't value ourselves, then we're gonna get walked over like a, a doormat or we're just gonna stand our ground and be stubborn and prideful and arrogant. But if we see ourselves as God sees us as valuable, and we respect ourselves, then we see others as valuable, we respect them, and we're able to walk that direction. I didn't get into this, and you can study it off, off, offline here. Uh, during the week, Luke chapter 10 is the story of the Good Samaritan. You're gonna see people that decided not to compromise, and you're gonna see a person that did decide to compromise for the sake of relationship and what happened as a result of that. That's a little bonus. I didn't even tell first service that. <laughs> Also, another bonus is John 3, uh, 13. Read John 13. That's the story where Jesus got down from the table and he washed his disciples' feet. You see, if Jesus could compromise, he didn't, he didn't go, oh, come on, why, I'm Jesus. You need to be washing my feet. Who, who, who messed up here? I'm not eating until someone gets up. Jesus moved from here to over here. He compromised to extend love and grace, didn't he? And because of that, relationship was a priority. Jesus, he compromised his comfort for ours. He compromised his will for ours. And according to this passage we just read, he compromised his life for ours. Can you imagine the impact we as Christians could have on this world if we placed compromise as a value? I think relationships would be much healthier. Why? Because our marriages would first look different in the home. Our parenting would look different. Our relationship between student and teachers would look different. Our relationship between us and government would look different. Our relationship between parishioner and pastor would look different. How are you doing? How am I doing? The best thing to learn in life is the habit of compromise because it's better to bend a little than to break a loving relationship. Let me say that again. The best thing to learn in life is the habit of compromise because it's better to bend a little than to break a loving relationship. I want to put a quote up here that I came across this week. Unknown uh, author Compromise is the work of mature people. Do you agree with that? I think it's true. And, and part of it's age, I think, and then part of it's um, obviously growth in Christ for me. I guess age could also lead you to be more stubborn, right? <laughs> so it's not always just age. But compromise is the work of mature people. You know what I've learned? The hard way. You don't always have to win in relationship. You don't always have to be the winner. 
You know how I came up with these three ideas? I, I think I told you last week, but I want to remind you. It's in the context of marriage, but again, this is for all relationships. But having listened for 30 years of people in my office with marriage stuff, about four or five years ago, I came up with, man, I just think there's three keys. Christ, compromise, and then you'll hear the next one next week. They all start with C, so you could guess. But you know what happens is in marriage, they come in my office, and it's really funny how you guys come in my office, by the way. And I I think Lisa and I would be no different. And and don't think I'm picking on you, because there's a lot of you (laughs) over the years, right? My my office has um, a little couch in it, a a two-seater. And it's funny. When the couples come in, and one sits on the couch, and one goes sits on the chair that's really far away, that says something already. Or... Because this couch is so small, when both of them are hanging onto the arms and you could sit a third person in there and they're looking both the opposite way of each other, I promise this, it's, it's, it's real. And then there's a the couple that sits there and they hold each other's hands. But I know you guys made the deal to make it look like you love each other for Pastor Rod. <laughs> You're sitting in here too. But I've learned watching over the years, and, I, I, and it's amazing. Lisa and I could do the same thing. There's a big boxing match in Las Vegas last night. You take a boxing ring, and how many people come in my office, and they're a couple, and, and they become one flesh, and they've got boxing gloves on, and they're facing each other. And it blows me away because I'm like, wait a second. You guys, it's you against the world. It's not you against each other. But you're coming from this corner and you're coming from this corner and you're ready for that bell to go and you're, you're going after it. And they're taking all kinds of shots at each other. And what you've heard this in my office. Take the gloves off. Let me remind you, you're on the same team. But for some whatever reason, we think I've got to win or I've got to win. And then all of a sudden, there's conflict and there's struggle. And if this person doesn't win, uh, then they're mad. And if this person doesn't win, they're mad. And then nobody wins. And then if kids are watching this, it even gets worse. But that's with every relationship, isn't it? We got to take the gloves off. And we got to come to the center of the ring. And like I said, sometimes it's the center and sometimes this person's got to come over here, this person's got to come over here. But let me tell you, it's not about winning, it's about relationship. And that only comes when we understand compassion and humility, I believe. Otherwise, it's just dictatorship, right? It's whoever's the stronger personality wins. Gave you something to think about? Yes, no? Um, It's not easy Have I made that clear? But it's right. And oftentimes the right thing is not the easy thing. Church, I want you to win in your relationships. I want you to win in your relationships. Whatever they are, stop running. Let Christ be in there. Let compromise be in there and hang on for next week and we'll throw that third seat. Otherwise, we're going to be like that children's book. And we both go home, neither winning, neither having relationship. And it makes for a boring afternoon. Thank you, God, for helping me. Thank you, God, for helping us. Help us to take these words and do something with it. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Tender mercies
Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Forget all my rebellion